Sports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Con Construction. Colorado-owned and family-operated commercial general contracting for over 30 years along the front range. That's Con. Now that's K-A-H-N. So, like, like that's the wrath of Con from Star Trek. That's exactly how it's spelled. ConConstruction.com. We appreciate them. Also, Gravinas providing us some water, ice-cold water. If you stop by, um, grab a cold bottle of water. Thanks to our friends from Ravinos, you can play some cornhole um, and uh, some Papa Shot as well. So uh, look forward to that. Somebody saying, um, since the round a horn is not on my Fox um, satellite, they'll have to watch uh, for Woody's comments about his access at Broncos Camp. I had a very nice conversation with Woody Page yesterday. It's one of my favorite things. I only get to see him about once a year when he comes out to camp. Uh, he's very gracious. I used to be his phone screener about 25 years ago. The first, the first year the station was open, which was 1995, so I guess it's 28 years ago now. Um, and he's very gracious. He says, Dan, I see I, I say it every time. I see, uh, let's go live to the podium. Sean Payton with his comments post-practice. And so I think to your question, clarity with the tempo so that we're explaining it, everyone's on the same page. Uh, I think that's important. You brought in Shelby Harris uh, yesterday for a visit. Yeah, we brought him in, and, and that would be it. He's he's living here locally, so it was pretty easy, and we felt like it was worthwhile. Um, we'll probably have a few others that we look at bringing in, um, but nothing other than that. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of go from there. Well, look, we're evaluating everything. The key is not to come to the conclusions right away, but we're, you know, all all of these snaps and reps and stuff that we're seeing, it's all going into the evaluation process, and, and certainly it helps the player when, you know, he can perform when he knows what he's doing. Um, but I've seen it a lot when the pads come on where, Certain guys, um, it can kind of define them sometimes in a positive way. So we've got a lot of time here, and there is a sense of urgency as to what we're doing. But um, you know, we're we're really right at the beginning. Yeah, first time I met him, and, and really, um, that was uh, that was fantastic. I didn't realize his history here in Denver and Colorado, and and. Uh, but Ray introduced me to him, and, you know, he's going to come up and give him a tour. And I was a big fan watching him play, and, and uh, you know, he's doing the same thing. You know, he's, he's a head coach, and um, I'm a big fan of his, so it was good to, good to meet him. You're so closely associated with Drew Brees. But the reality is, like, the last five years, you ran the heck out of the football. Does that commitment and mindset start here? Did it start in April and as a play caller? I think I – think it's, it's got to be part of our DNA. And we felt that way in New Orleans as well. I think, you know, the, the two greatest allies for good quarterback play are a running game and, and good defense. Um, I think it's a tough position to play if you're not running the ball well. And, and then obviously it becomes tougher if, if you're not stopping anyone. So um, that, that's going to be important to, 
to what we do and uh, as long as I'm here. I mean, I just think it's that important to winning in our league. Sean, what kind of veteran uh, leadership and presence does Ken Fleming bring to the offense? Yeah, look, it's, it's still, for me, it's, it's new because um, I'm learning these players. And, uh, but I, I think, you know, anytime the, the offensive line, we paid a lot of attention to in the offseason, obviously, and, and creating a uh, really a overhauling that room and changing what we wanted that room to look like. And he, he'll, he'll be part of that. Um, sometimes it, it's organic, you know, and it kind of takes on um, it's not planned. Who you bring in is planned. And then. You know, typically when you're bringing in the right type of people, it, it handles itself, and that's it, kind of how we've approached it. But um, his experience is, is obviously a big plus for us. Coach, you mentioned the players' day off tomorrow. What are you trying to take away from tomorrow and from the players' day off? Well, we, we try to we go ahead and, and map out the next seven days of practice with the scripts, practice schedules. At some point, I'm going to be talking with – Sean McVay relative to the joint practice here in a few weeks. I mean, we've got time. Um, but a lot of it is when we were in the spring, for instance, we planned these first six practices, scripted all of it so that it was ready when camp began. And then we kind of went till we actually have it scripted through Monday. So tomorrow we'll get another seven days of practice planning um, we'll look at cutups we'll we'll talk about the first four or five days and look at the depth chart we'll have those type of meetings um, so it's really planning ahead I, I didn't have any I have a philosophy I like it but I like playing the music um, it was just one of those things where someone said are we going to listen to music and I said yeah and then flip put the music on so <laughs> I, I'm good I, I like all genres um, and, and so um, they, I just I didn't I didn't have it in my notes <laughs> well I think in order to run the ball, I, I, it's it's hard to do without a blocking tight end or someone that that can handle the D gap. Um, we found Chris in New Orleans on a free agent tryout with no football experience, basketball player, a close friend of mine sent me a little video on my phone. We brought him in. Our vision when we worked him out was like that receiving type Jimmy Graham tight end, and it actually was interesting because he. He developed into a really, really physical player at the line of scrimmage. Um, unfortunately for us, then Carolina picked him up off our practice squad, and then he went to Jacksonville. But I would say in the last five years, he's been one of the better run-blocking tight ends. And so that and then his makeup, his character, he's a tremendous guy. Um, that's you, know, it, you, you, can, you can have a lot of things going for you relative to running the football, but... It, you end up playing jumbo tackles maybe if you don't have a blocking tight end. And I, he just does a lot of those things well. And, uh, and you know exactly what you're getting from him, which, which allows you to game plan easier on Wednesday and Thursday nights. You, you... 
Yeah, he was excused. Welcome back before Monday. He'll be at Monday's practice. Um, he had a death in his family, and uh, he'll, he'll be returning on the weekend. Yeah, I imagine so. You, you can just chart it and say this is what you're seeing, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah that would be fair to say. Um, you know, I just finished talking to these guys, though, and, and not just the kickers. You know, we, we want to make sure that we're not just paying attention to the depth chart in our room. You know, in fairness to the process, they're, they're competing with the players in their room and then the other 31 teams. Uh, we had a kicking competition in New Orleans between two guys that went through all the way through training camp. I mean, charted everything. We finished the preseason. I got a call from John Harbaugh. They were releasing a kicker he felt strongly about. We brought him in for a workout and ended up signing him and releasing the other two. And so all of these guys, um, it's, it, you're really trying to help them internalize the focus on their play and, and tune out, trying to count the numbers. But, yeah, it, I think relative to watching those guys, um, it's a little cleaner when you're watching them kick. And, look, fortunately, these I don't know that we've missed one yet. We've had two good periods now, yesterday and today, and hopefully that continues. Well, the first thing, the first thing, it's a great question. The first thing is your reliability and ball security. You know, I, I don't, there's nothing worse when a ball's in the air and, and you've got that, like, I hope he catches it, you know. I. So, and then the, that's something where the preseason will help show its hand a little bit. But I kind of get back to Westoff, Kotwika, and, and even Banjo, but the investment we've made in our special teams, both on the field and upstairs, is significant. And we're going to have the opportunity to return in the kickoff. Hopefully, you know, I know it's tough here because of the altitude, but, you know, when we get those return opportunities in the punt game, you know, we're going to have – Great, great schemes and designs to, to give these guys a chance. And uh, the key is then let, let's, you know, we got a great producer. Let's 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 find someone that can take advantage of that. And so that, that'll be uh, that'll be important. John, going back to John Harbaugh calling you other coaches. How many times have coaches or maybe given bad advice or versus hit or Um, I would say. The times where maybe you get burned occasionally is is not necessarily with the player, but it might be in the hiring of an assistant coach, and you like get them, and you're like, ah, <laughs> it's not what you said. <laughs> um, I've got a handful of those, but all good. One more. Anyone? Yeah, pretty regularly. About every other week, we talk. He's, he's uh, focused on the horses right now, and and for good for him, he's he's had some uh, recent winners, so he's always in a good mood when I call him. Thank you. All right, Broncos coach Sean Payton, as predicted in uh, cliche mode, predicted by not only one of our texters, but the man that will be joining us next after the break on the Dan Jacobs Show. All right. 
Thanks to Sean Payton for sharing his thoughts with the media. Uh, appreciate that. Now, the man, the myth, the legend. I'm heading to Sam's Club last night. Wanted to get some ice cream. We have a big uh, fireworks show for the kids last night. I love story time with Dan Jacobs. It's story time with Dan Jacobs. And uh, we're going to have some kids over. It's the Rappo County Fair. We have a great view from the backyard. And I go, I said, we're going to get some ice cream for the kids. And there is absolute fire on the radio. It's Cecil Lammy with Denver Sports Tonight from 6 to 7. You are holding nothing back. And you were just, and it was fantastic. You're talking about Sean Payton, and you're saying, listen, I ain't buying any of this. He knew exactly what he was saying. All you suckers, all you slappies that are buying this mea culpa, you're going to see him, Sean Payton, come out and say nothing for a few weeks. He's going to come out and boom, hit you again with something. And uh, what did we hear today? See, so we heard nothing. Bunch of nothing from Sean Payton, which I'm okay with, I guess, going to coach speak mode. But, yeah, for everyone that was all outraged, it's like every morning, Jacobs, unfortunately, people wake up and be like, what am I outraged about today that I didn't have any thoughts of yesterday? And it was Sean Payton saying bad things and hurting Nathaniel Hackett's feelings. Uh, He never apologized. The next day he didn't apologize. So everyone that thinks that he did, you got got by this coach. This coach is very calculated in everything that he does. So Sean Payton said it on purpose. He said it the way he did on purpose. He went to a good friend in Jarrett Bell and said it to him. And then he apologized on purpose in a way that actually wasn't an apology when you listen to what he said. So I'm fine with it. Now we're into coach speak mode. And we're just in a football mode, baby. That's what I'm here for. It's like, you know, my mom used to, when I was a kid, she'd always say, I'm sorry, but... And then just smack you in the face. Well, Mom, that's not really much of a you know apology. Is it? Right. Like I've been saying lately, it's like uh, you know the no you know offense, but you know your wife really let herself go. Um, is, is that? Oh my God! Is that? Those what, are fighting words. I don't know about Rappo County well, said, or wherever you're at. But I like, said no offense. Oh, what do you mean? no offense. No offense. No offense. But, no you know, offense. but it, it, is that what he's doing? Is like, hey, I'm gonna rip rip you, and then but I don't want my players saying anything, so I've got to go apologize to right. players. Oh, don't do what I right. did, guys. Look what I did. I messed up. Yes, I'm it's a sorry. total message, total plan by Sean Payton. I didn't mean it. And then, but you know, we did have some brothers that you know said, "Oh man, what a good guy!" And you last night on Denver Sports Tonight, you were having none of it. Yeah, I'm like, uh, that's not being a good guy. It's being calculated. <laughs> it's being cold and calculated. And I don't care that he told the truth about Nathaniel Hackett. No one's. But we're either gonna lie and we're gonna cover our ears and eyes on everything, not just football, or we're gonna tell the truth. And the truth of the matter is, Nathaniel Hackett wasn't good enough. Sean Payton said it. Yeah, he was a little gritchy. Yeah, maybe he could have flowered it up a little bit. But all he did was tell the truth, and I'm not going to hold that against him. So I've always wanted – he was always my number one choice. I think they need that strong personality that's going to come in and run a tight ship with, you know, kind of an iron fist like he's doing. But I'm just having a hard time figuring this cat out because he he wants to be out there in the media – and saying whatever he wants to say, but he also doesn't like the media, and he doesn't want anybody else to talk to the media. What, what's right. up with this guy? Right. Well, it's just being what coach wants to be, right? Like, he wants this. He wants to have a tight fist. He doesn't necessarily understand the Denver media yet, Dan. Not everyone's been around a long time like you and me, mm-hmm. you know, going back to the day of uh, our 950 days here on the fan. But, like, 
Yeah, Denver media is super easy. Other than DMAC and probably Eric Goodman, you're not going to get any sort of tough questions, right? <laughs> Kliss is going to yeah, wander right. into a tough question kind of in Mike Kliss's way, right? But no one's going to take him to task. No one's going to bring up, uh, you know, a bounty gate or anything like that. Nobody in the Denver media is going to do that. Yeah, Sean nobody Payton brought up the bong hit. Right. Yeah. No, Sean Payton needs to figure that out. He will figure that out eventually, and then he'll probably soften his stance for us locally. But clearly... He wants the focus to be on football, to be on what they're doing out here. And he's shielding his players with his comments. Uh, yeah, I did notice on Twitter, because I'm going to lead into a question with this, but okay. I noticed on Twitter you did post your anniversary. Yes. Was it 25 years? 20. 20 years. 20 years. Yeah, 2003 meeting. when Mark Schlereth uh, gave me a shot. Yeah. 760 The Zone. That's you right. made 760 The Zone what it is today, Cecil Lamy. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. Great job. Yeah. Uh, may she rest in peace, 760. Yeah, we barely knew her for yeah. a year and a half. And uh, the ticket. You made the ticket when she was there. Hey, we all made the ticket. No, but um, but seriously, the question I'm going to ask you related to that is you've been around a long time. You worked here when Mike Shanahan uh, was in play, and they're yes. similar in yes. that they want to control everything. Yes. But Mike Shanahan also, I mean, he's funny, he'd call you in on your day off. Like, Mike Shanahan, but he wanted to have relationships with you. Yes. And th that's the opposite of Sean Payton. Like, Sean Payton's kicking media out. Um, I was saying last segment, like, he's got, like, Woody Page and Cliss up, you know, in the, you know, farther away than the fans are on the hill. Um, your comparisons of Mike Shanahan and Sean Payton and the way they do business. Yeah, business is exactly the name of the game. Sean Payton's a little bit more removed because we used to be able to stand next to Mike Shanahan <clears throat> during practice. Multiple times, just go walk up to Shanny, and as long as he wasn't talking, you might have a little chat with him. That's what's different. But on the field, this is about teaching. And players want to be taught. The great thing about Russell Wilson, and people have all sorts of different opinions on Russell Wilson, what he does, what he doesn't do. The one thing he wants to do is learn. He wants to learn. He wants to be better. He hears all the negative comments. You don't need to say any more. It's done enough. His play spoke enough last season. And at the end of the year, he looked better because he had a coach. He had someone to teach him. He had someone to tell him, you can't do that anymore. Stop doing what doesn't work. Sean Payton looks at what his players do, and he says, hey, this is what you do. That's what you do well. You can't do this. Okay, we're not going to do that. Just like Mike Shanahan did. We remember how Mike made Jake Plummer into a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback for a long time until Peyton Manning got here and Kevin Kistner fell in love. <laughs> Jake Plummer was the leading touchdown pass uh, you know, achiever in Broncos history. I think the number was 25 that he had had under Mike Shanahan going, we're going to bootleg, we're going to roll out, we're going to do what makes you look good. Sean Payton does the same thing for Russell Wilson. You can tell it right now, and I put it out on Twitter earlier today. Russell Wilson is following the playbook to the letter of the law. I thought his timing was better today. He didn't have a good day yesterday. Today was a better day from Russell Wilson, and you're seeing progress from that veteran quarterback in terms of learning the timing of the Sean Payton system. Yeah, I was going to talk to you about that because it was funny. You and I watched practice yesterday, and our good friend Drew Spivak watched watch practice, and I talked to Drew after practice, and I'm like, well, what would you think? He says, Oh, I thought it was great. I thought Drew got a, was great at getting rid of it. And I thought the opposite. I thought, well, I thought he struggled to get rid of it, and he, he made quick completions because he had to, or he took off a lot. 
And then I heard you talk to Stokely and Zach, and you kind of thought the same thing. I yeah, yeah. He was taking off too much. Like there, he, he's going to be allowed to run, but at this age, like you just you can't run that much. Okay. Now it's nice to when everything's done and the play is exhausted. Russell Wilson can improvise. That's what he's always done. It's what he can do. It's what he will continue to do. And I love that about his game. But damn it, stay within the structure of the play, which means high-low run or high-low check down. Either way, Sean Payton is setting it up so that Russell Wilson can make those easy, quick decisions. And you see when he hits that back step, he should be getting rid of the ball. Yesterday, he hit the back step, and then he'd pat, and he'd wait, and he might take another step. And by that time, that's how he threw that pick. He telegraphed that ball was coming because he got back. He should have thrown it. And challenge the defender. His guy wasn't open. But sometimes, as you well know, Dan Jacobs, you got to throw guys open. Wilson isn't doing that. And even today, a little bit, even on some of those quick hitters, a little, little faster. Timing a little bit better. It was better than it was yesterday because it wasn't good yesterday. Today it was better, but I'd still like him to trust in that system. And even if guys haven't made that break yet, throw it because he's going to be open. Sean Payton's going to design it for him to be open. So, is it, uh, are you hopeful? Is it just a matter of timing and they'll get into it. I was talking to little Chad before you, you know, while you were out there working. Um, wasn't wasn't overly optimistic that he was going to return to top 10 form, which when you're in the AFC, that's kind of a problem. Where are you at? It's kind of what you need. I would say if you wanted to put Russell Wilson in the top 15, that's fine. So what does that get you? Argument. What does that get you? Um, borderline playoff team. Now, the question needs to become, I was talking to our dear friend James Palmer from NFL Network. You have to know, can you continue with Russ after this year? Mm -hmm. So you're going to set things up for him to succeed. He is going to succeed because that's what he does, okay? Never doubt, never count out Russell Wilson. It's going to make you look bad. So he's going to succeed, but where is that line of demarcation? Is it, are you a 9-8 and team? Are you a 10-7 team? The 17 game still screws me up. But, like, are you a playoff team or not? And if you are, even if you are, is Russell Wilson good enough to continue on when you have all that money coming up on his contract starting next year? So this season, it's all about Russ. And as I told James and as I tell you, Dan, there's two things in life. You either win or you learn. And when you learn, you win. So you always win. This season, Sean Payton needs to figure out and learn about Russell Wilson. And can he win with this guy going forward? Well, this is a conversation I had with Andrew Mason last week, and it was it was eye opening because his his answer surprised me. If they win, because being a playoff team in the AFC is going to be tough, um, because there's not gonna, even the last spot may not be available for them. Uh, Andrew's thought was even a, a, so. Let's say Russell turns it around and he wins nine games. He thinks you still got to move on. Can you move on from a nine-win Russell Wilson? Yeah. I, I mean, I'll go back. It's a coach. It's different. But I remember when Mike Malarkey beat the Chiefs in the playoffs with the Titans, they still fired him. Yeah. The whole rule was, like, you got to get to the playoffs. They did. Then they beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. I believe it was Alex Smith back then. And then they still fired him. <laughs> so, yeah, if and, and it's all optics. You know that. Dan T. Jacobs. I drove through Otis the other day. I was like, I better not get pulled over. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get thrown in the hooskow and have to stand in front of my buddy here. But anyway, like, uh, you know this. It's all about perception. So how do those nine wins look? Does he fall apart towards the end of the year, but he did enough early and they won some games? Is he surge at the end of the year, but he was crap early on? Like, the optics are going to matter. Not necessarily the numbers. So I don't want people to be like, he didn't throw for 5,000 yards. He's not going to do that. He's going to throw for, like, 4,200 yards, probably about 30 touchdowns, 25 to 30, somewhere in there. And if the interceptions are 10 or less, 
You should feel happy about that going forward, provided that he stays healthy, which he may not do, because he's going to be allowed to run. And that's mm-hmm. a dangerous proposition. Yeah. Um, so, again, I don't put a lot into this stuff, especially this early, but one of the things I think you can look at, uh, which seemed to be positive yesterday, and when I was talking to Chad, I, I, I compared it to this, the injuries. A couple years ago when Cortland came back, he didn't look right. And you're right. like, uh, he's not right. So far, and uh, it looks like Tim Patrick and Javante. Well, Javante looks like he still has a little bit more work to do, but he looks he's trending very well. Yes. Uh, I think it may have been you or maybe it was Zach was saying, he looks like he's at least 80% now. He's probably going to get to 100%. Um, so those guys that are coming back from injuries, at least so far, signs look positive. Um, is that what today? How did it go? Yeah. Um, and, and, and fill us in um, on the rest of today. Your thoughts for Tim today. Tim Patrick is doing more than I thought he would at this point in camp. <clears throat> Javante Williams is right on schedule with where they had him. And I honestly thought when George Payton said at the Combine, he'll be ready for week one. I was like, you ain't got to lie, George. Yeah. You ain't got to lie. You're lying. He's not lying. He's going to be ready. It's an incredible recovery. It's rare in this game, especially when it's a multi-ligament knee injury. Today, you saw with Javante Williams, the crisp cuts, the vision, the footwork, and the burst. He's not a fastback. He's never been a fastback, but he had the burst. And he gets to that top speed fast. Doesn't mean overall he's going to be a burner, but he can get to his maximum speed fast, that maximum effort. Samaj P. Ryan, though, is not going away. He is not going away. No matter how good Javante is, and he's 100%, he's 90%, whatever the number is, Samaj P. Ryan looks as good, if not better, than Javante Williams. They got a problem, and it's a good problem to have. They've got two backs that could start and that could punish defenders with power, but also don't need to come off the field because they both are good receiving backs out of the backfield. Well, and something that was encouraging yesterday was because, you know, you go out there, it's the first day of camp, um, and I didn't have a roster in my in front of my hand, you know, in my hands, and so 38 and 36, you don't know who these running backs are, and they were incredibly quick. Yeah, you're going to know 38, and I hope Jaleel McLaughlin makes the team. Youngstown State kids, college football's all-time leading everything. <clears throat> Super fast, he's a blur, he's lighting on the field, but Tyler Beatty is not going to let things go. He's not going to get out of this mix either. I think Tony Jones may be falling by the wayside in this backup running back situation because they're going to carry a fullback, they're going to carry four tight ends, they're going to carry probably five receivers. Not a good day for Kendall Hinton. Two back-to-back days. Not a good day for Greg Dulcich. He had one catch. I think it was from Jared Stidham. But Dulcich is not getting open. He's not fighting for the ball. If the ball isn't right to him, he's, it's a drop. It's a breakup or a drop. You've got to fight. Not every And even with Russ, because he's catching passes from Ben DiNucci and Jared Stidham. That should tell you where he's at in the pecking order. For everyone that's excited because he's got great hair, <laughs> Dulcich is not fighting for the ball and getting back to the play as all great tight ends do. Um, yeah, by the way, so on the, the quarterback thing, it's interesting because we've seen camps before. I was talking to Chad about this where there's certain camps, right, like, like – Peyton, for example. Peyton's the man. He's in command. Um, but even like with Case Keenum, for example, you knew who was the guy. Um, Case was better than Paxton Lynch. And um, I think Chad Kelly was the backup. Chad guy Kelly was there, right? Yeah. And Chad was clearly better than Paxton Lynch, right? There was a clear pecking order. Um, and I know you did not like Trevor Simeon, but uh, you know those who were there at the time were saying that, hey, Trevor was better than Paxton Lynch. Um, I noticed yesterday, you know, when I was watching yesterday with just a, you know, a normal eye, I, I didn't think that, that Russell stood out any I actually thought Ben DiNucci looked 
as uh, good or better than today. Than Russ, yeah, okay. Russ was clearly the man today. I would say this to caution anybody. I just got a question on Twitter about like, hey, Jarrett Stidham, are you having a great camp? No, you don't have anything with Jarrett Stidham. Okay, we need to stop. <laughs> Everyone stop right now. I know we're used to, it's kind of conditioned to us to be like quarterback competition. The decision. I ran across that T-shirt in laundry the other day. I was like, oh, okay. i uh, got to go work on the car. But anyway, like, you, you're, we're conditioned for that. It, you don't have anything like that. Nothing close. Jarrett Stidham is a nice backup, period, if he beats out Ben DiNucci, and that's an if. Well, I was going to tell you. So, so today when I, when I got out here, I pulled up my roster, and I said, well, who was that quarterback yesterday that I thought looked better? And I looked. It was DiNucci. It wasn't Stidham. Yeah, yesterday from yeah. practice. And Danucci is—he's wild. <laughs> he's a wild hare, so to speak, yeah. because he's going to take those chances. Um, he's an XFL guy, right? He's a, a little bit of gunslinger in him, so you're going to get that from Danucci. Stidham's more safe with everything. Uh, usually, a way off target. You don't really know when Stidham releases the ball. Like, I know where he wants to throw, but is it going to get there? And so with Stidham, you're kind of worried about that. Danucci's just slinging it, being very reckless with the ball. It's clearly Russell Wilson's show. As it should be. Well, it's obviously it is. But, but yeah. I was just saying from a performance standpoint, if you were just a fan, didn't know who was who, you, I, I wouldn't have said, oh, man, that, that, that number three is by far, he's the better quarterback. Today he you would have said that. Okay. Yeah, today Good. was better pass placement, better timing for Russell Wilson. And you're the second person I've heard that has said Kendall Hinton. I don't know well, why. Somebody yesterday says Kendall Hinton is not making the roster. Probably It's me. two days in a row. But can you count out Kendall Hinton? He just yeah. won't die. He's yeah. the week. Uh, yeah. I mean, the active Vander Moff pup, he had, what, two muff punts today? Uh, I, you just can't do that. You know, it's like Montreal Washington having the muff punt, the missed time punt the other day. Like, you, you, you're only going to make this team for your special teams ability as a return man. You can't be doing that. So, you know, God bless Kendall Hinton. But I think the days of those nice stories, you know, remember when the Broncos have no talent, right? Hey, a bunch of back-end talent. Nobody's good. Nobody's good. Terrible picks. All these bad draft picks. And you could keep a guy like Kendall Hinton because what a story. And he's a fighter and he's a worker. And I love Kendall Hinton. But those days are gone. We need ballers, okay? Do we, we have doing, ballers? We doing any favors? Yes. Who yes. are the ballers in the wide receiver room? Uh, you want to? You want the backup wide receivers that are ballers? Brandon Johnson. I want the starting wide receivers that are ballers. I don't think well, they have any ballers. Jerry in that Judy room. is going to eat this year. Oh, here we go Jerry again Judy with the Jerry Judy talk. He's going to eat this year, and oh, this year he's going to eat. This year he's going to eat. Okay, yeah, because they're going to feature him. This and if he doesn't year. eat, are we going to say it's because he doesn't have a quarterback, or are we no. going to say it's because of the the and that's, offensive that's coordinator? That's the great thing about or this is it year. the coach? What, what's the excuse going to be if he doesn't eat? See, you're going to love this year because the excuses are going to be done. You've got everything set up. Jerry Judy is going to be asked to do what he does best. He doesn't do go routes, post routes, corner routes. He does out routes. Why not? He's a route runner. That's what I've always heard. He's the best route runner Those in history. Deep routes. He's Jerry Rice. Those are deep routes. Out, he wins route, early. Route. He okay. wins early. So right. get this. Now he's going to be the number one option. Now he's going to win early as the first read. The problem with Teddy Bridgewater is that Teddy would go through his progressions on time. And Judy's out there trying to dance, trying to get open. When Teddy'd look at him, he was still covered because Judy's dancing, trying to get open. Now Judy's the number one. He wins early. And Russ has been commanded from on high. Not mile high profit running around in a robe in 90 degree weather, but he's come in, commanded from on high. Sean Payton, our Lord and Savior of the Broncos, Sean Payton, has told Russell Wilson, get rid of the ball quick, early, fast. That's Jerry Judy. All he's right. going to eat this year. I'm going to hold 100, you. 100 catches, not out of the realm of possibility. What do you mean, not out of the realm of possibility? That should be the minimum. That's what we're minimum what are we 100 catches? About? All you guys talk about how great he is every year, uh, DMAC. 
say he's going to be top five in the league this year. In the league, the top five receiver, which is for DMAC. not going to be that good. For, for DMAC, which is coming off, he's going to be top three soon. Um, he's the number one receiver on a football team with a resurrected Russell Wilson. All I hear every year is how great Jerry Judy's going to be. Now you're talking about maybe he's going to get 100 catches? Maybe? Come on, That's man. within the realm of possibility. <laughs> within the realm of possibility? Good yes. God. Well, I do Isn't projections, that... Dan. I'm not going to just talk out of my ass and be like, he's top no, number one receiver in the league. He's not that. He's shouldn't not that. Number he's not one, top five. Shouldn't a number one receiver on any NFL football team be expected to be 100 receiver? No. No. No, 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 no. Dude, uh, baby, baby. I know it's a pass-happy league, but no. Yeah. That's, that's a number that... Only a select few should get to. Okay. All right. And what about as far as touchdowns? How many touchdowns? Oh, touchdowns always come and go. But if you projected him for five to seven touchdowns, I think that would be uh, right on the money. He's not the red zone guy. Because, again, his route tree, his route tree is the short stuff. It's slants. It's crossing routes. It's out routes. That's the type of stuff he wins on. Wide receiver screens. Red zone. Let Timmy Pats do the work. Cortland, if he's still on this team, let him do the work there. Let the big bodies do the handle the business when you get close to Pater. What are you working on for DenverSports.com? My DenverSports.com piece will be my training camp report. Day two is coming out, DenverSports.com. Also, Orange and Blue today. We're still doing another hour show. I know it's a Saturday. I'm not sure of our start time yet. We may start earlier than our normal 3.30, you know, just to get the work day kind of wrapped up a little bit. But, yeah, got to head home. Do some writing, DenverSports.com. Orange Blue today, hour-long show coming up with me and Andrew Mason. All right, you'll be proud of me. I um, I took your advice. Well, you, you didn't give me definitive advice. You said this would be okay. I went into a fantasy league. I had a buddy that was talking smack. I went into his league. First year, win the championship in a walk. You know, dominated all year, wire to wire, essentially, after week three, winning all the weekly prize money, all that stuff. Just walk away with the championship. Put the strap on my waist. And then I walk away. That's you how like, you do it. You like that? Yeah. That's like, how you do it. Like Elway. You know, just walk away on top. Drop the mic. Yeah. Drop the mic. On top. So there you go. Cecil Lammy, DenverSports.com. Thank you so much for your time. Goodbye, Dan Jacobs. All right. We'll uh, get more at it. Uh, you want to get involved in the RamosLaw.com text line. Your chance coming up next. Cecil Lammy, our good friend, Mr. Paul from Rock Canyon High School, stopping by. He's the one that put me in the Hall of Fame, Kevin. Put me in the, uh, I'm the inaugural member of the Rock Canyon High School. Criminal Justice Class, guest speakers off him. Now that's a mouthful, but there's a big plaque and everything. I'm a kind of a big deal, you know what I mean? Pretty exciting stuff. Uh, what Hall of Fame are you in, Kevin? Quit talking trash. So Mr. Paul's out here. He's hanging out. He's going to play some cornhole here in a second. Kevin, you think you can take Mr. Paul? He's a former cop, by the way. Don't get out of line over here. Uh, no, I, if he's a cop, I can't I can't take him on. No, he's, a former, he's retired. I'll lose that easy. He's got a big pension, so he's got, you know. Yeah. But he's a former cop, though. You don't want to be he's out there saving him. lives, and I'm just pressing buttons behind the scenes. Yeah, you know, my, all these former cops like to come out here. Another one, well, actually, current cop, former fan employee, Justin Dillard, was out here last year. We had him stop by. I'm big with the cops. I've told the story. Last year, I got I got I got roped into an attempted murder trial. Like the court clerk called me in the middle of the day, says, "Can you stop by? I need your help." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. What's up?" And all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of the courtroom in like jeans and a golf shirt. Like, dang, he's talking. I'm like, "What are you guys doing?" It's an attempted murder trial, 
And then the deputies start, I'm nervous. I'm going to the concrete room to talk to this guy they locked up. And I'm nervous as all get outs. And the deputies, the sheriffs, start asking me about barbecue. You know, because they heard me. I posted some some uh, videos on denversports.com about how to do barbecue. I'm like, you guys got to be kidding me. Quit asking me about barbecue. We're in the middle of this murder trial. So I'm big with the cops. Because of the barbecue. Because of the barbecue, and they love the show. Well, you do make really good barbecue. I do, I do my best. Best in town. And uh, I'm big with the uh, criminal justice instructors over at uh, Rock Canyon High School. Yeah, connections everywhere. Yeah. So hopefully give me out some tickets. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't get pulled over that often, but... Uh, has anyone gotten pulled over on the U-turn right here yet? Uh, I haven't seen anybody. Because every year, one media member gets a ticket for the U-turn at the light right there. Well, those dirty media members, they deserve it. Uh, Saturdays on the fan are the best. Dan and Cecil, the best content of the week. Cecil is the best. Dan is such a good man. Just throwing my appreciation out there. Well, you know our policy. Flattery will get you everywhere on the Dan Jacobs Show. So uh, we appreciate you, Texter, out there. Um, now, we did just hear from Flank, uh, Frank Clark, former Kansas City chief, but he's not sounding like a former chief. He's, uh, from my understanding, we're going to listen to it now, but uh, throwing, still throwing a little uh, positive chief vibe out there in the universe. So we'll listen to that now. What's up, Chai? How y'all doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, because, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, football is a game about, you know, falling in love with the, the players, you know, not so much the team, you know, just keeping it real. You know, you fall in love with the guys and you build relationships with guys. And, um, you know, the one thing I've always did was hold on to those relationships tight. What we was able to do in Kansas was special. Four-year run, two Super Bowls, three FC um, titles. It was fun, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, all good things come to an end. And um, new journey. It's all part of the journey. Year nine, um, new start, fresh start out here in Denver. Um, and I'm just enjoying myself, you know. I wouldn't say it was the end. It's never an end when you get the job finished. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't understand finish because they don't get the job finished. You get what I'm saying? I actually hit the I hit the, the finish line twice with Seattle. I mean, with Kansas City. You get what I'm saying? We could have probably put it off three times. But at the end of the day, I finished my job there, and the job was finished. So at the end of the day, being here in Denver, um, Coach Payton, you know, the staff, them giving me a chance, them, you know, um, looking out. At the end of the day, they had offers on the table for me. You know what I mean? When you're the Broncos and you want, want somebody and you're pursuing somebody, that's just any team. When you're in pursuit of somebody, you know, you make that obvious, and they make that pretty obvious that they wanted me to be a part of this organization. I wouldn't call it a rivalry, and a rivalry is, is competitive, true or false. Um, and I'm on the Broncos now. I've been on the other side. You know what I mean? And we didn't call it a rivalry then. Um, I'm with the Broncos now. Until we become competitive enough, we have to beat the team. We have to win our division. We have to do a few things, not just about the Chiefs. Um, it's, it's things we have to do here. We got to get our own ball together here in order for us to go out there and compete, for us to become one of those factions. If it wasn't a rivalry, what was it? A football game between two teams. I love it. I mean, that's what you want out of your, out of your leader. Um, at the end of the day, you know, Coach Payton, he does a great job. He's doing a great job with us since he's came in, just, you know, reinstilling that um, type of ball. You you know, for years, and that's any team. I don't care how good you are. You know, I've been on successful teams. We come in in the summer and we don't have an identity. You have to build an identity every year. 
You know, if you if you're living off what you did last year, I'm not coming in here talking to these guys about, oh man, I'm this Super Bowl champ, two time champ. I haven't said that one time to any of these guys. I'm coming in, I'm trying to learn, I'm trying to get better going into year nine, like I'm going into year one. Um, and I'm just trying to make these guys understand the importance of appreciating this opportunity. You know, um, we're going to be with a lot of guys. You go through camp, we got 90 guys on the field. You only can play, what, what, 53 at the end of the day. So you got 40 guys that's not going to be here. You know, 40 people who are going to possibly be on other teams, you know, hopefully. And, um, you know, you just enjoy the moment. Enjoy the grind. And, um, you know, everything else is going to come. What do championship teams do better than teams that don't What is the trait that's coming? I think it's the routine, um, the focus level, and their ability to be able to eliminate distractions. I feel like when you um, eliminate distractions, um, and I've been a I've been a victim of distractions multiple times in my career, whether social media, um, and at away from ball, away from the field when you're on your own at home. That's the that's the biggest thing, you know. It's when you're away from this, you know, because this is so organized. This is so routine. Everything is on the wall for you to, you know, tells you where to go, what to do, and then when you get out of here, it's like boom. You got your whole life now. You know, you got everything for the day, a whole 24. So it's like, the, it's imperative that you focus away from here. You know, every team I've been a part of that was successful, I watched our focus. I knew we wasn't going to win the Super Bowl two, two years back to back because the second year we wasn't focused enough. It, we wasn't we wasn't together. It wasn't the same type of attachment that we had that first year and the last year. So if you ask me, it's always focus. Like I said, I harped on earlier, the ability for the team to connect on another level and um, for us to trust our coach. We got a hell of a head coach, man. Sean Payton is a hell of a coach, um, and he, he believes in his players. He believes in his quarterback. You know, I can't say that about a lot of people, but when you, I believe in Russ. You know, when you trust your quarterback and you believe what that man can do, at the end of the day, you know, it's no telling how far that team can go. What do you want, Frank? How are you around Russ obviously Mentality is still dangerous. You know what I'm saying? He's still dangerous. Like, don't get it twisted at the end of the day. You know, players are going to age. You know, the skill skill is going to fall back sometimes. I'm not saying that's happening to Russ. I'm not saying that's happening to nobody who gets older with age. I'm just saying you got to understand, Russ is a veteran. He's a, he's a guy who's won on multiple levels. Um, he's been a part of successful teams. He's been a part of teams that's not successful. I, I've been a part of, I was part of Seahawks teams that when we were successful, I was a part of teams where we didn't make the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? But it was the same Russ. So don't think Russ changes. Don't think, you know, um, uh, a few years go by, a bad season's going to shake a guy. No, bro. We start fresh every year. Every summer is a fresh start. Final question, Mark. Please. Mark, please. A whole lot. It's always something to prove. You know, if you if you if you play in this game, you know, you get complacent, you win and you get complacent, you know, and you think, you know, the job is finished at that point, it's never finished. You know, I'll finish i will finish for the year. You know, I had like three months off, four months off or whatever, and then it's back to work. But I've always harped on that. I've always harped on being the hardest worker on the field, no matter where I'm at. It's proven you can pull up film, you can watch whatever. That's what wins rings. That's the most important part. It's been the hardest worker, you know, on the field, off the field, and that's gonna lead to all the success in life. Thank you very much. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate y'all. All right, Frank Clark. Uh, running a little chief smack. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, you want to get in the mix? It's the Dan Jacobs Show. 303-713-1043 is the RamosLaw.com text line. Now, we're having a great time out here at the DenverSports.com zone, just across the street from the um, Centura 
Training Center for the Denver Broncos Training Camp. And now they have a beautiful Ford, uh, Ford's uh, F-150 Lightning, all-electric, built for tough. Uh, they had me sitting in and take a picture because, you know, I'm just so darn handsome. I'm looking so fantastic today. But, man, that thing is nice. Um, I don't think they're going to let me drive it, but they let me sit in it. And, the, the man, the air conditioning is blowing uh, ice cold. And it's a nice day out here today. But, man, that thing is super, super nice. So uh, check out for the uh, F-150. Also brought to you um, by Con Construction. Live here at uh, Camp Comeback, but Training Camp 2023 here at com uh, Zone. Thanks to our friends from Con, just like the Wrath of Con, K-A-H-N, Con Construction, Colorado-owned and family-operated, commercial general, general contracting for over 30 years along the front range, front range, conconstruction.com. Special guest coming up next on the Dan Jacobs Show.